This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Becoming Sproutable, a limited podcast series that takes you through the biggest tools and concepts of parenting with positive discipline. I am Casey, positive discipline lead trainer, parent coach, adolescent lead at besproutable.com, host of the Joyful Courage podcast and mom of two real life teenagers. And I'm joined by my friend, my co-host, Julieta Skoog, also a positive discipline trainer, a parent coach, early years lead at besproutable.com, as well as one of the original founders and mom to three a little, a middle, and a tween. I do, I do love saying that. A little, a middle, and a tween. <laughs> I'm gonna take that and put it on a t-shirt. I love it so much. <laughs> you should. Hi. Hi. How are you today? Hi. Hi. I'm so good. I didn't realize you had a braid in your hair. I do. Was do you just, like how it's not stuck on my headphones? I've kind of let it be wild and free. Yeah. That's, that the kind of, that's the kind of braiding that I do for my kids because I've never figured out the French braid situation or how to attach it to the side of your head. Oh, I'm kind of shocked to hear that. Julieta, you have three daughters and didn't you ever go to summer camp? You were a cheerleader for God's sake. How could was, you not learn? Well, I was not only a cheerleader, I was also a professional dancer and, and I have a lot of hair. And so, but that's the whole thing. I only, I didn't do other people's. I, they always did mine. Mm, I see how you are. I also have some fine motor issues and I really don't have the patience for (laughs) hair, except for with Barbies. I was good with Barbies, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Great to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. Right. Here we are. It's week five of our little limited series. I'm so excited for us and for everyone to join us as we keep digging into this stuff. I love our merge conversations because we are talking about positive discipline as it ranges from the early years all the way to the teens, how it shows up for you and the families that you serve, how it shows up for me and the families and teachers that I serve as well and teachers that you serve. And I have really loved these conversations and love the fact that we've merged our companies together. I know, it's so, so fun. that we can do this. And I really am, am enjoying the progression and the conversation that we're going to have today around solutions because this is often the topic 
that we lead into when we teach, for example, a seven week series Mm -hmm. or a long-term class or course with a group of parents, it takes a while to lead up to this. And so it makes sense that we're doing this now, but before we jump into that, Casey, I do want to know, do you have any good parenting stories for us this week? Well, I do. We mentioned a little bit. You'd asked me about how family meetings were looking last week, and I kind of touched on the O'Rourke family meeting routine. But I did want to just bring it up again. I said that, you know, we this is where we talk about chores and contributions. And one of the things that comes up all the time with parents of teenagers is, oh, my God, my kid won't do anything. They won't help out. I can't get them to do chores. And I just thought it would might be useful to talk a little bit about our family's process during family meetings. That's when we talk about chores. Well, we talk about, we collaborate at family meetings. And then when we're not actively family meeting, meeting-ing, I'm moaning and groaning and bitching and complaining, just like my clients, which, you know, speaks to the power of this weekly check-in. Is this working? What's useful? So really it's a process and like the last time we had a family meeting, um, my daughter had Ian's basketball schedule had come out. My daughter was working full time, which <laughs> totally kicked her ass. She did not realize what 40 hours a week meant until she was in it, as is true for all of us. And so, you know, my vision of like everybody picks one thing to do each day, right, really kind of didn't work in the, in the family system anymore because of schedules. And so I had had like all the little tasks that I thought were useful on post-it notes. Cause I'm a total post-it note geek. And I had a whiteboard that like moves from the table to the kitchen and just basically was like, okay, well, here's all the tasks. So where, and here's our whiteboard, here's our week. Where can this stuff fit in for you guys? Like, when do you want to do it? And so They had this really like a sensory experience. They were able to manipulate it. And it's funny because when you think about little kids, it's like, oh yeah, make a routine chart, you know, like take their picture. It's a no brainer. And as they become teenagers, I think we think that we can't have these visuals. And I'm here to say like, and you know what? The visuals are more for me than even for the kids because I forget what we've agreed to. And so when it's right there, And I'm like, oh, looks like today is you get to sweep the kitchen and they push back. I get to say, well, go, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Go check the whiteboard. And sure enough, there it is on the whiteboard. So, and then we revisit the next family meeting. And and I'll tell you what too, like it would be a dream if parents just didn't, you know, we don't want to, you know, my kids will say, mom, can you just tell us what, just tell us, like, why do we got to do this whole thing? And I'll say, yeah, you know what? That doesn't really work for me. I don't want that job. So we're going to figure out how to make it work. And so doesn't mean that I am not doing a little poking and prodding around, hey, don't forget to check the whiteboard or, you know, noticing and paying attention and appreciating when they do their thing. But there's no really, I mean, correct me if you think I'm wrong, Jules, but there really isn't a world where now I don't have to do anything and my teenagers are these amazing contributors of the household. 
Well, if that was the case, then you would have perfect children and no such thing exists. I mean, Thank they're you. human beings, right? I mean, we have all had roommates. It's not like everyone, I mean, yeah. we're all human beings. Your kids yeah. are, you know, they're just because they're growing older. Of course, Casey. Yes. Well, thank you for that validation. People, I love that you love your whiteboard and your post-it. I'm a dork about it. Yes. That's really awesome. And I appreciate that you say, you know, when they're little, it's a no-brainer, I'm sort of chuckling over here in little people land because it isn't necessarily a no-brainer. I mean, I I just was talking to a family before we logged on together who has a five and a half year old and they were like, oh, we took down that visual routine six months ago thinking, oh, now that we've hit kindergarten, we don't need to have that visual routine. And yet as grownups, we have planners, we have big desk calendars, we have calendars on our phone. What, mm-hmm. what planet does any grown up live in that doesn't have a visual for what mm-hmm. they're supposed to do? So it really is that executive functioning tool is necessary. I mean, it is a system that needs to be cultivated and personalized and created for each person. So even though you are a fan of the whiteboard and the post-it, that system might not work for somebody else, you know? Right. And, right. and there's been, and I got to say too, there's been day, there's been times, years where one of my kids is like, don't like, it was, you know, in her own suffering of life and was so resistant to any kind of visual. And I really had to lean into like, oh no, this is about me. This is about me knowing what's going on. Whereas my other kid, I remember Ian being, well, he was younger, but like eight or nine. And there was a situation, it kept happening, it kept happening. And he looked at me and he goes, I think uh, we need to make a chart. (laughs) (laughs) Hey friends, as a podcast listener myself, I always get so excited to share when I find a new show that I think is super useful. So today I wanna tell you about Understood Explains. This is a podcast that tackles one important topic per season. And this season is all about navigating individualized education plans and is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. Getting the support our kids need in school can feel tricky and we aren't always sure what it is that they need. When I listened to the episode titled, Does My Child Need an IEP? It offered up so much useful information that I could really see supporting parents who are in this consideration. The host is so knowledgeable and really breaks down the content in a way that helps listener go from completely overwhelmed to actually starting to feel empowered. Other episodes in the series highlight the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, as well as a whole episode that busts common myths about special education. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Understood Explains. So check it out. You won't be sorry. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt 
in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first First box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. Well, and when you, when you, when it's, you know, created together, like you said, in collaboration as a regular part of the family meeting, it's not just this one-off, like mom's just got this weird idea, you know, it really is part of the fabric of your family. Then it's part of your toolbox of the solutions. And we had that one time we had issues around uh, making lunches because I say from day one of kindergarten, my kids have made their own lunch every single day. You're in charge of your own lunch. You're capable. So then at a family meeting, we had some challenges around what was going into the lunchbox or just feeling like it was overwhelming for them. So we say we slice it thinner, we scaffold it. So we did, we created a little chart that said what needs to go into a lunch. You have Mm -hmm. a protein, you've got a fruit or a veggie, you have, you know, at that time, whatever, we had the different boxes and that helped just as a guide, you know, and we talk about that, that tool in positive discipline as let routines be the boss. But I love thinking of it really as that executive functioning, the neuroscience of how it's helping kids grow their brain and be autonomous and not have to get into those power struggles. The other thing that you said, interesting, Casey, is that when they said, why do we have to do it? Just tell us what to do. Wouldn't it be so much easier? And I think this really easier for them, for them, just (laughs) as when we talk about (laughs) solutions and consequences, a lot easier to just say, Hey, you know, say four Hail Marys and then you're absolved or mm-hmm. right, give me your go. phone. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or wipe down, you know, stay after and wipe down all the, all the desks and then you're done. Sit in Saturday detention and then you're off the hook right. versus a deeper practice and shift of learning a new skill for sure. Yeah. yeah. I say when my kids are like, well, just why do we have to do this or the process? I say, cause it grows your brain. I'm like, I already know what to do and how to do it. I've got a whole idea of what exactly you should do. But I'm teaching you to think for yourself. Oh, I love that. I love that. What story did you come with today? Well, I thought, okay, this is so funny. And you know, when people say this is so funny, it actually doesn't mean this is so funny. It's just like a way to um, couch. But But our last episode that we recorded, I talked about how with Vi, my middle, she's very, she's forgetful. She's distractible. She's also highly creative and, um, amazing, you know, also. Mm-hmm. And I call her my little Vata kiddo for those of you who are interested in Ayurvedic. <laughs> um, but anyway, she, that's like her personality type. But so I was seeing in the last episode, how 
oh, we did this. She left her her coat on the bus. And so we right. said memory games. games, we played memory games. And then she never forgot her coat again on cue. I should have knocked on wood because that later that day they came home from soccer and John looks at me in front of Vi and says, well, she forgot her soccer ball again. And he looks at me and he said, third time at the jamboree this weekend. So, and this is not just, you forget it and you go get it again. I mean, that's sure. Sure. Soccer ball is long gone. Yeah. So I had this moment of, you know, as everybody's bustling around the kitchen, as he tosses this to me, this information, you know, like, look what your daughter did, you know? (laughs) And I kind of wanted to be like, well, what are you going to do about, you know, I mean, at the moment I softened into it. I didn't, you know, fight on that. And, um, and then in that, I saw myself or it felt myself, I should say, I felt myself want to then immediately look at her and say, Oh, really? Third soccer ball or what's your plan? And then I, and then I looked around and I saw her sister, you know, we're all bustling around. Like that's not really fair to put her on display like this mm-hmm. either. So I just thought I'm going to just hold this. I'm going to hold that in my mind. There's a better time to have this conversation. And it's not going anywhere. The Good soccer for you. Not like, it's not like an hour difference is going to, you know, make a difference. And then the next morning, similarly, I wanted to dive right into, well, I hope, you know, you're going to pay for another soccer ball. Cause we're not, you know, they don't grow on trees and all the things <laughs> But I wanted to press play from what I heard growing up. And I just said, Hey, Vi, tell me about the soccer ball. And she said, Oh yeah. Well, I think somehow it just got like left there. Or, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I just, and again, I, you know, I just said, I just paused and I got curious and I just said, well, what's your plan? And she said, well, I'm going to look all around our house for another size for soccer ball. And if I don't find another size for soccer ball, then I'm just going to use my money and buy another one. And I said, awesome. That sounds like a plan. I hope you find one. No, thanks for being responsible. Mm-hmm. And I done. just done, you know, and all those moments and urges that I wanted to either, you know, do it for her or make her feel really crappy about it or have her be on display to, to show the other kids, you know, don't you forget your soccer ball. Cause you're going to be held up and, you know, yelled at then it's just interesting that those, those impulses that we have and, and I'm glad I didn't in this particular case. Well, and I love, too, this story because it highlights the fact that our kids learn skills and strategies over time through experience, right? Like you had the coat experience, you navigated it the way you navigated it, it no longer became an issue. And here's a new experience, similar, like, right? Like, how many times do we have those moments where we're like, oh, I thought we were done with this thing, right? And just normalizing that that's never, like, it's not linear. My girlfriend, uh, Jeanette, talks about life is a spiral, right? We're spiraling and we're we're gonna keep bumping up against the same challenges-ish in new and different ways to continue to grow and develop the tools that we need to navigate it. So- you know, to me, that's what this story speaks into is just you as a parent, which is so, you know, you're so wise and that's, and it's hard, right? Like, I love that you described that the initial kind of tendency that was 
coming to the surface and your ability to just like, wait, do I want to, res- what do I want to, I always think about, I don't always think about when I'm in my really good parenting moments, I have a thought around what do I want to create right now? Mm. Right. What do I want to create right now? And is what is on the tip of my tongue going to move me towards that or away from it? So, yeah, I think often either what does this moment need mm-hmm. or or really specifically what skill is missing and yes. what skill do I want to teach in this moment? And so then is what whatever is going to come out of my mouth, is that helpful or is it hurtful? Yeah. And we use that language, of course, all the time with siblings and peers and students and things like that. Is that helpful or hurtful? But also think about it for ourselves. And I think just this piece like for kids, you know, as we talk about these solutions or again, these like mistakes that they made or make or aren't perfect, you know, or consistent because they are still learning and growing. And a lot of these executive functioning skills that we're expecting of them, like emotional regulation, like inhibition, like delay of gratification and planning and organizing and goal setting and attunement and intuitiveness. I mean, there's such deep skills that really take a lot of time to cultivate. And I'm curious with the teen, you know, you're, I mean, you've interviewed Dr. Siegel three times. I have. Three it's times. true. I know. I'm pretty lot. sure he's only been on my podcast that many times. So I probably could make myself a trophy. You, I, I absolutely. <laughs> so I don't know if that's true. But. All the conversations you've had with him and our understanding too, you know, when you think about the teen brain yeah, and all of those skills and things as well, you know, for what they're learning, like you said, going back to that, it's not linear. It's not like, okay, we checked it out, we learned it. And so now we're going to be consistent every single time. Yeah. And not only is it not linear, but you move into adolescence and like Dr. Siegel talks about, there's a pruning process that happens in the brain and he talks about, you know, use it or lose it. And again, there sometimes, and I'm guilty of this too, sometimes we have this expectation and Like I've said before, when we've talked, we've got this giant human in front of us that looks really old and fully baked, and they are still very much in the process of development and developing skills and practicing skills. And practicing means that you don't get it every time. We hope that they get better over time, right? Mm -hmm. And that the mistakes or the fall aparts or the drama, you know, the idea is bring it to a dull roar. And hopefully there's a little bit more space between each episode. Like if that's what's happening, then you are winning as a parent, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think when you said, you know, the, the systems in place for my story as well, we, because when she was four and five and six, there's, there is also a discipline. Like we talked about, there's that rigor, you know, that firmness as parents where we do hold them accountable. We do say, what are you responsible for? We do pull out their allowance and walk them up to Walgreens and buy those cleaning supplies with their money and come back to clean up the wall that they drew on. You know, we do that. Or the balance beam, what? Well, the balance (laughs) on the family meeting agenda, girl. Awesome. Okay, good. Keep us updated. Yes. Yeah, I I love that. And when I hear you saying that too, what I think is really important to land, and then we'll actually formally move into our topic, even though we're talking about it right now. Like when we 
support them around, go get your allowance. We're going to go to Walgreens. Like all of that is done with dignity and respect, right? Like it's not, okay, mister, go get your allowance because we are going to the store now and we are going to get, you are buying cleaning supplies to deal with this mess that you made. Like mutual respect, right? We've already covered that, but respecting the child in front of you, like, oh, bummer. It's too bad that this happened and there's a way to fix it. And I am here to you know, walk with you in the process and teach you and support you in cleaning up your mess, whatever kind of mess that is, whether it's like an emotional mess or a physical mess or um, relational, I guess. Yeah. Although I will say last night, um, not to double down on my stories, but as I was tucking Leona in, who's my four-year-old, she said my older two had gotten in an, an argument because Violet had borrowed her reindeer ears, going to soccer practice, because last minute she was like, oh, it's, we're supposed to do some sort of Christmas, you know, or holiday decoration or whatever. Anyway, sweater. So she grabbed her older sister's little reindeer ears who are whatever. It's like the fact that these are even special in quotes is ridiculous. But as we know, kids have their thing. So the older sister was not happy to see the middle sister come home wearing her special. Now, now they're special because her sister's wearing them. Anyway, they're going back and forth about, you know, I like, I apologize. I take responsibility. It was, I just needed something as I was running out and the older was like, well, it is not fixable. There's nothing you can do. You did it. So there is no, so you can't take responsibility because you did it. You know, I mean, they, they really unpacked that a little bit. And I offered, I said, Hey, Vi, what if you did a redo and lean into, I am saying this transparently, like in front of everyone, you know, I'm saying, what if you try to redo and said, Hey, Jose, I know these are special to you. And I just want you to know, I was in a total bind. I hoped you wouldn't mind. Um, oh, a redo re- of the, of the taking accountability. Yes. So that it lands. So that it landed in a different way for her mm. with a different tone, you know, as well. Love so, it. so everyone was witnessing this. It didn't, it didn't, it, it eventually just died down, you know, it wasn't like this big revelation of you're right. It's okay. You know? Um, but it wasn't like there were knives being thrown either, but later the four-year-old, as I was talking to her and she was like, so, so what do you mean the reindeer ears aren't fixable? You know what? I thought like, you can't fix that. So even for her to be mindful of these parts, again, some things that are tangibly, we can take responsibility, we can fix other things that we can't. And so then what do those solutions look like also? Like really covering the, the breadth of what is a solution, you know? And again, like we talked about in the last episode that all solutions are consequences, but not all consequences are solutions. And yeah, I think just bringing that to awareness. So even, yeah. I thought it was really cool that that Leon at least really was aware of that and yeah. aware of that, pro- witnessing that problem solving, witnessing that accountability, taking accountability and not landing and witnessing the, is it fixable? Is it not? I just think that's, it's all interesting. Well, and I love, and I want the parents of older kids to hear me say this. I love the process of the redo and you offering language because I mean, we still do that in a different way, we can still offer that to our older kids because they don't always have, you know, I mean, like, I think I mentioned this around Rowan, like calling to make an appointment and it just gives her a little bit more confidence when she knows what, like it's kind of written out, bullet pointed, making sure she doesn't forget anything, what she needs to say. But even amongst each other, you know, don't ever feel like you can't offer up some language to your teenagers around how to be more genuine, how to get to the point, how to, well, not like get to the point, get to the point, but 
even how to negotiate effectively. Like, yes. You, hey, go ask dad. If you mention it in this way, if you connect before, you know, if you, yeah. then you might be more successful when you go yeah. talk to him about this. Yeah. Tell me, so we ta- we're talking about focusing on solutions instead of punishment today. We mentioned, you know, the whole consequences solution situation last week. But can you share with everybody, so positive discipline, when we're talking about what is a solution, what are the components when we're talking about solutions and finding the cr- solutions? The criteria. So we say that they are related, reasonable, respectful, and helpful. So it's not just pick one off the menu. It's they satisfy all of those criteria. And when we do this activity experientially with parents, we use an example of a child or I don't know, maybe for you, do you do, do you do the same one? Do you do it with a teenager? I do it Sometimes with Sometimes I, I, no, I do it with a teenager with my older, with my parents of teens. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, 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 I mean, I really don't change it that much. Yeah. So it's, it's getting out of the house in the morning. Is that the one mm-hmm. the example that you mm-hmm. use? Yeah. And just this kiddo, you know, struggling to get out of the house in the morning. And so listeners, listener, whoever is listening. <laughs> Everybody's listening right now. Thousands. <laughs> Oh my, I should say mom, who's this? Um, <laughs> that experience of imagining that you are this kiddo that's having a hard time getting out of the house somewhere. You're always running late. And frankly, we can all relate to that, you know, trying to get out of the house. And the difference between having a family that says, okay, this is enough. Here's your, you know, we're sick of this. You need a consequence. Mm-hmm. We're going to take away your favorite toy or you can't go to that party this weekend or what's wrong with you or, you know, just yelling at you every morning or saying, now you've ruined everything versus the experience of having the people that you live and love with come to you and say, I noticed you're having a really hard time in the morning. Let's come up with a solution. What are some ideas that you have to be more successful? And then suddenly the brainstorming around that is more creative. It's like, let's do a walkthrough of the morning. Let's talk about a timeline. Let's find the sticky points. For my age, of course, it's like find the fun, find the connection, music, have a clear routine. We talked about those visual routines, having a clear when, then, you know, when you're at the breakfast table, then and you have your deodorant on and your teeth brush mm-hmm. and your hair brush and all those things, then breakfast is ready. And by a certain time, then breakfast goes in a bag and we just walk out there, you know, whatever it is, those creative ideas around finding a solution just by changing the name of that, like let's find a solution yeah. versus what's the consequence is a totally other, other feeling and other experience. And that helps kids learn the life skills. It helps them learn how to be more responsible and aware of others and independent and a problem solver and have more critical thinking skills, all of these things that we want them to have when they're 25. And so it's, it takes clearly, you know, more work and a different perspective. Um, And earlier, like you said, it's a lot easier when kids say, well, just give me the consequence and then we can move on versus going through this type of a process. Right. Because there's an assumption. Yeah, there's an assumption with consequences that if we give the right consequence, that the next time our child is in that same situation, they're going to be able to say, hmm, I sure don't want that consequence again. So I'm not going to do this thing. And there, you know, there are the unicorns. There are the kids that, you know, that might come up for them once or twice at what cost. That's a whole nother conversation. But 
I, what I love about the solution criteria is the H, the helpful. And that, when I do the activity with parents, I really lean on the conversation around starting off with, you know, tell me, tell me what the morning's like for you. What are you like, what's going on for you in the morning? Like we're having a hard time in the morning. This is public knowledge. So what's going on for you? What are you noticing? What do you notice about me? I love parents to get humble and really work on that self-regulation by opening the door to hear about how their teens are experiencing them. I think it's so important. And then from that place, you get a better, even better understanding of what it is. And I think this is probably more specific for older kids than for the littlest kids, but like we want to know what it, what is getting in their way. And then when we're looking for a solution, we it can really center on that thing and being helpful, right? Because they're going to have to wake up tomorrow. That's Morning right. happens every day. Mm-hmm. And so I want to know that we've created something that is going to support them the very next day. That And, and that's the same if when we're talking about things like teenagers experimenting, you know, like the very natural, normal novelty seeking, thank you, Dan Siegel, that happens during the teen years, which none of us want, most of us have to navigate. And so instead of, well, you better not do that because you'll be in big trouble, mister. What if the conversation is, so you're going to a party and there's going to be older kids there. Like, what do you, do you think that there's going to be drinking? How are you going to navigate that? What do you want to drink? Like, let's talk about that. How can you, how do you know when the people around you have your back? Like if something does go sideways and you do decide to do this thing, like that's, those are the tools that I want my kid to have, right? I want my kids to have all of that I know I've totally kind of gone down a rabbit hole on this solution conversation, but that's what makes that, those are the skills that are going to help them navigate versus like, oh, I can't do this because my mom will be super pissed if she finds out. Feel like you're the martyr in your family. You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. (laughs) 
And I think when we get stuck in the thinking of just punishment and consequence only, we lose that opportunity to be creative and, and have all of those yeah. at the ready when we just think about what is solution focused without blame. So I think we can, I think about solutions in almost three tiers. Ooh, One is an overarching culture in our home that we yes. are solution focused without blame. And we talk about it in this way. Like I might say, I said to John recently, like, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with the carpool on the Tuesday and also trying to get Leona to whatever at the same time. And can you help me find a solution? Or Josephine called from school and said, uh, I forgot my soccer cleats. Can you help me find a solution? You know, it's that kind of language too, where even in that moment where I said, oh, I'm so sorry for you. I don't know. What's your plan? And she said, I don't know. Do you have any ideas? <laughs> and I said, I don't. I'm in the middle of, you know, work right now. How how, you know, are you close to, can you run home real quick? I mean, there was a little, but just even that language mm -hmm. is just really nice as a culture in the home. Mm -hmm. I think it also allows us to be less like controlling and rigid yeah. because we're vulnerable to ask for help in this way. You know, it doesn't imply that you're doing a bad job. And so you've got to help me figure this out. It's just like, I need help with a solution. Any ideas? And yeah, that it feels so freeing as the parent. It feels totally. so freeing. Like, oh, I don't have to know what to do. I can stand next to my child and look at the situation. And together, we can come up with something to play with. Yes. Then, you know, in that yeah, way, second tier. the second tier is the idea that there is a pattern of mm -hmm. problematic behavior, you know? And so that's a starting to affect me. So it's the getting out of the, we've been late consistently or you've been breaking curfew. I'm assume I'm like drawing from my eighties high school movies. <laughs> I don't know, right? There's like, I don't know, teen land yet. Like, right. So maybe it's like the pattern of breaking curfew or like by forgetting her code or things like this, where, where then because we have the form of the family meeting and we have this kind of language throughout our week, we can say, hey, is this a good time to have this conversation? Or it's on the agenda and we can say, this is becoming a pattern. Let's brainstorm some solutions and using your tools like you talked about, Casey, so beautifully, like, and I'd love to hear what's going on for you. And here's what mm -hmm. I'm seeing from my perspective. What do you see from your perspective? And here's why it's a problem for me and how is it a problem for you or how is it affecting other people? So there's that part too where I tell parents, you know, is this a pattern of behavior? And also in that way, side point, a lot of times I have parents who just love to complain and I don't know if they really want a solution, mm -hmm. you know? So it's that part too, to say there can be a solution. You're never stuck, mm -hmm. you know? And so you've got to also stop being the complainer and, or enabler to say, Hey, I think we can make some changes here, you know? And for the littles, often this is really around routine and saying, like, no big deal. Let's just change it up. Take for time for training, practice, role play, those kinds of things. But then, Casey, there's those in the moment. And this is where I think parents will say, see, this is when positive discipline doesn't work. Because if they're, if, you've, if I've got my toddler running across the street, I'm not going to say, well, let's come up with a solution in that yeah. moment. It's a safety issue. Or maybe it's around in the teenager, some of that real risky behavior, you know, that real right. fear that's when it comes up. Like that's when you want to ditch it and say, well, now we can use the punishment or now there can be a consequence. Right. Like when you find out they've been vaping nicotine, that's oh, a great, really? that's like, oh yeah, well, oh, you're going to have a great time. Don't worry. I have got you. I mean, so, but Jane Nelson has a great story and I, we've all been there too for the toddler where she says, you know, so if you spank that toddler, 
for running across the street or yell at them, are you going to let them cross the street by themselves the next time? No, of yeah. course not. You know? So where is that? Where do we get that crazy idea that with that punishment or the quote unquote consequence that is really disguised punishment and lands as punishment for kids is really going to be that H helpful and allow them to do something differently the next time. Yeah. So I think that's the part where you really have to commit to it. And even for this example, when I found my little one turned one second, suddenly they're across the street, you know, really leaning into, I'm feeling so scared. Am I regulated? Pausing, sitting down with them on that front step and saying, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, the rule is we always hold hands. And the rule actually is that you stay at the top of the stairs when we first walk out of our house and Mm -hmm. getting clarity on what is the rule? What is the expectation? And now let's practice today and practice tomorrow and practice the next day. And in fact, we're going to just go out and have practice walking on the sidewalk. So you don't run away from me. That's all we're going to do. That's it. We're not going to the park today because we can't go to the park until we can feel safe to walk there. Well, I love that too, because that can be translated to the older years as well, because they're showing us how much space they can handle, right? And going back to the vaping conversation for you teenage parents of teens, you know, that showed up for a little while. That was a freaking pattern that kept showing up. And I realized I had the most awesome epiphany one time when I thought we were done. I thought it was over. Um, and there it was. And I found out that, nope, it still exists. And I went in my room to calm down because I had a full body rage, just like tingling. And I started thinking about how my parents were like, cigarettes are disgusting. People who smoke cigarettes are disgusting losers. You can't succeed and smoke cigarettes. Like they said, I mean, I don't remember exactly what they said, but pretty much all the terrible things. And guess what? I turned 19 in college and started smoking cigarettes. So even that wasn't useful enough for me. And so I went into my child's room and I said, listen, I am actually going to hand the energy. I whether or not you're addicted to nicotine for the rest of your life is actually on you. And so I'm going to hand over the energetic responsibility of that. I'm going to interrupt and intervene and interfere when I when it comes into my consciousness that this thing's happening. But I just need you to know that at the end of the day, it's not something that I feel like I can control. It's it's on you. And you know about a and so I took the device. And about a month later, I came home and um, yeah, my daughter had some a little pen and some vape juice on the counter. And she was like, you didn't know I had this. And I kind of forgot about it. But I remembered this weekend and I started using it and I can't, it's all I think about. And I just need you to take it away. And I was like, Yes. Like you can't bottle that. I can't guarantee that that's going to happen for everybody. But just the shift in the dynamic Mm -hmm. was super powerful. And I think, you know, like coming back to that, that solution mindedness, I, I really I know that parents, especially parents of teens who are making taking risks, you know, it's it can feel kind of scary to trust the process. Right. And to believe in the solutions and and 
and to trust that even because here's the deal, you make, you do your thing, you do your do, you find your solution. And a month later or three months later, you might be bumping up against the same thing again. And it's all part of this process. You can't predict what the outcome is going to be, but you get to show up in a way where my kids can talk to me about things because I don't freak out so much. (laughs) I mean, I think when they know I'm going to, like, even when they know I'm going to freak out, it's valid. Like the one time that I really was like, are you freaking kidding me? It was super valid, but I'm, I'm willing to have conversations about anything from a really neutral place. And I think that that plays into this forward thinking, solution-minded parenting when it comes to adolescents and the teen years. Well, tell me this, Casey, because I've heard you say, I say this to my parents as well, parents that we, in my, in our spreadable community, that relationship is your greatest parenting tool. 100%. So when you are thinking about, I can hear some of the listeners saying, well, that's great that you're willing to have a conversation with your teens about anything. I can't even get my teen to talk to me. Right. Right, right. So that is super tricky too, right? And that is the same kind of conversation where we were just talking about getting out the door. Like we get to slice it super thin. And instead of getting curious about the challenge, get curious about the fact that you can't communicate. Like, wow, it's really hard. And if you are someone who leans more controlling, or if you're someone who leans more blaming, your teenager is like, listen, I've got your number. Why would I communicate with you? You're going to make me feel bad or wrong or not validated. Like, why would I talk to you? So parents, I'm encouraging you to do some soul searching and own your shit and be willing to say, I mean, I've had to have this conversation with my husband, like, hey, I am aware that I we have this dynamic now where I'm like, come on, tell me how you feel. And when you do, I'm like, well, this is why you're wrong, right? Right? Like I got to own that and work on that and do my own personal work around that. And the same kind of dynamics can show up with our, and do show mm-hmm. up, especially with our teens because they have a very well-informed bullshit radar, right? right? So just coming in and saying, well, let's find a solution. They're like, whatever. Mm-hmm. I know what you want me to say. I'm not going to say it. I know that you're, you know, so yeah. So that's, so, so slicing it thinner around communication and slicing it thinner too. just like, I, I wonder if it feels like you, if you don't feel listened to, I wonder if you feel misunderstood. I just, I want to, you just being relentless again, we've talked about relentless already in that desire to be in relationship and, and and don't think that that means that it's super kumbaya. Like take what you can get too. <laughs> right. And I think there's a part where we, we're yeah, drawing back from our conversation around communication and problem solving, which is necessary when we are solution focused to not be afraid to say, I wish I wouldn't have said what I did or yeah. this morning. Like I can, I'm going to say this to Joe when she comes home today, this morning, I, I'm going to say, I wish I would have validated when you said how hard it was to be the oldest. Cause I immediately said, Oh, well, I'll tell you what it's, what's even harder is always getting sec- the hand-me-downs. Literally. That's what I said to her. She left for middle school. Like, great mom. You know, that makes you me feel say, good about myself. Thank you, Julietta. <laughs> you can say, meanwhile, like validated the hell out of Leona this morning. And then like, I left it all out on the table. I couldn't give her anymore. But I, but, so like in that moment too, to say, when I said this earlier, 
I bet that felt like I, like I didn't care or I didn't listen. What I wish I would have said was this. Yes. Or let me have a redo. And I think that vulnerability also is really powerful to model for kids for themselves to find something, you know, to find a new way. And that's what being solution focused is. It's saying there, there can be another way that's going to be helpful for all of us. And for the littles, we, we teach explicitly, take responsibility, you know, what's the repair and then have a redo, really mm-hmm. have a redo, get it into the muscle memory, get it into the body, have those family meetings. And to me, the discipline and the firmness is, I don't care if you don't want to come to the family meeting, we're having it. Okay. Yeah. Then we're going to all have it in your bedroom right now. Guess what? You know, and the connecting, connecting, connecting. And like, what do you mean? We need to have your voice. Come on. You know, just like my students in a class meeting, they'd be like throwing shit from the other side. I don't want to be, you know, I'd say your voice matters here. I hope yeah. that you'll join us when you're ready. You know, I mean that part too, as a parent of not giving up and like fighting for that relationship. You know? Yeah. I had a call with a client this morning who was like, how do I get him to do this thing? You know, if he doesn't want to. And I said, you know, It's about like awakening your confident authority. It's just, it's not like, hey, do you want to do this thing? It's, hey, we're doing this thing. And the more that, and it's not angry, it's not belittly, it's it's just this confident authority inside of the body, Mm -hmm. right? That I think all of us can do a better job of nurturing and animating in our parenting practice. And I think it would make a huge difference. And this, I know we're heading way over time, but we, this is so meaty, this topic. I know, I love it. Me of this one tool, and Jane Nelson, the author of Positive Discipline Books, has a really nice, not even like a blog, it's just sort of a handout that's called Alternatives to Logical Consequences. And because we want to say, well, oh, but what if it's a logical consequence? You know, it's still, I see you rolling your eyes, disguised punishment. So yeah. what else can we do? And one of the tools that she has in there is decide what you will do, you know, Mm -hmm. and that part of, again, solutions can be this collaborative process and brainstorming and, you know, is it related and respectful, but also realizing in that moment for, you know, three or four-year-old, if they're not, you know, monkeying around and not getting to the bath or getting in the shower, you can just say, I'm going upstairs to start reading. I'll join me when you're ready. And just literally, I mean, start, you know, reading the book. If that's what's next, turn on Mm -hmm. the shower, like, Move your butt, decide what you're going to do. You know, that confident authority that you talked about, just that confidence. Yeah, yeah, love Um, it. And she says some other great things. Do you want to hear some other things that she says? Yeah, tell us a couple more things and then we're going to have to wrap. Okay, I will say, because I think this idea, she talks about hardly ever when consequences are appropriate, use the formula opportunity equals responsibility equals consequence. And my interpretation of that is, that responsibility equals privilege. And so thinking about that part, when you're responsible enough to show me, you know, this, or when there's this responsibility, then absolutely the privilege of walking by yourself to the park to hang out with your friends, of course, because you're showing me how responsible you are in these other ways, you know? And it's not me deciding, okay, when tick, 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 it's us saying, what is going to show us that you're responsible to have that enough to have that kind of a privilege mm-hmm. Maybe to have I a love phone that. for the first time or a screen for the first time or to not have to hold my hand when we cross the street? Yeah, my you kids know? are still working on that. <laughs> no, just kidding. I try to make them hold my hand. They're like, no. Oh, yes. Yeah, this is all this is so meaty and so powerful. And I have to tell you, Jules, I am like 
Sometimes when we're in these conversations, I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, I don't know anything about positive discipline. Like I am learning so much. What are you talking about? I'm learning so much from listening to you. You're just such a smarty pants. And I just want to acknowledge that. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, well. And don't we all wish that you were our mom? You know what I thought you were going to (laughs) say? I thought you were going to say, this is what I honestly thought you were going to say. This is the, like, (sighs) looking at the big sister that I see you as. I thought you were going to be like, I just can't wait until you actually have teenagers and everything falls apart. Oh my God, listen, I... I dream about that, Jules. But then in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, God, she probably won't have any challenges. And that'll be even doubly annoying. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll have my own in my own way. I do have a tween. I do have a seventh grader. Yes, I yes, have yes. in it officially. And we have our. I'm not have- so worried about Joe's. I'm hoping that Vi and, and Leona can offer you a little something, something. Oh, I already. <laughs> I feel like I've got a not a four year old, but a 14 year old. She's a partier, man. She's like. Yeah, making the hot chocolate and stuff, you know, that kind of fun stuff. Well, I'm so glad to be in conversation. I love talking about positive discipline and I love that there are so many ways to um, continue to use it as an opportunity to grow ourselves. Yeah. And that same audit of instead of that client that was saying, how do I make him? It's like, what can you do? You know, have you sliced it thinner? Have you taken time for training? Have you validated? Have you listened? Have you you know, stepped back and looked at it objectively? Have you invited everyone to collaborate and, or created moments for special time? You know, what can, what can we do? Start with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So in the, in the context of solution mindedness and forward thinking like that, what does becoming Sproutable mean to you today? I think becoming Sproutable means that you are confident as a parent to teach with a future in mind that the short-term just punishment, quick fix consequence based is not what you're, what you signed up for with this parenting gig that you are, you're in it for the long haul and for that grown up that you're growing and those long-term life skills. And so you're willing to do the work becoming spreadable as a parent. And then I think in the context of kids, that it also is growing them in that way. Mm-hmm. Because with solution being solution focused, it means you really are teaching long-term life skills. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think that is pretty aligned to what I was thinking for today as well. And and that like being, we didn't talk a ton about being in flexibility, but I feel like that's a piece of this as well, like releasing the rigid mindset around how things should be and being open and flexible to, you know, the, the thoughts, the ideas, the collaboration, the response that you're getting from your kids and from yourself. So yay. Thank you everyone for listening in yet again. The Becoming Sproutable Limited podcast has come out every Thursday for the past six weeks and we have one more week to go, you guys. So we hope that you'll join us next week. We're both, of course, thrilled, as you can tell, that our companies, Joyful Courage and Sproutable, have come together to form an alliance that serves all parents on the parenting journey and are excited for you to check out our brand new website and other offers. So go to besproutable.com, find out about coaching, on-demand programs for parents with kids, early years, teen years. Uh, There's offers for nannies, preschool teachers, if your school needs um, 
a super entertaining and highly informative guest speaker. We've got that. We've got you covered. Um, Also at the bottom of every page on the website is a place to sign up for our newsletter and you get epic tips that could change your life forever and events and different things that are happening in our community. So check it out, get on the list and uh, come back next week. Thanks, Casey. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. Bye. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us, 